The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, Danhausen here. Danhausen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housing. Christoph Housing, yes, very good. You both got the housing in there. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Danhausen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House Podcast Housing. Danhausen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough Shalom. House Podcast, episode number 226. Wowzers. Yes, I am Marty. And I'm Christoph, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, yeah. Quick reminder to head over to Le Patreon and um, sign up because we have a new episode of old Schlegel's Soapbox up there with our with our dear friend Justin Schlegel joining us. And uh, we talk about a, a great many things, uh, some very appropriate, some not so much. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all we'll yeah, say. It is a wide-ranging conversation. Wild, wacky, wide-ranging. Yeah, hey, hey, it's it's wild, it's wild. And what was wild this week was all the behind-the-scenes in... The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Chris, I don't know about you, but traditionally when I've moved, what I've done is I've taken my clothes out of my dresser... And I've actually put it in a black garbage bag. I'm kind of torn. Obviously, I have some sordid <laughs> history with movers. But yes. um, this current move aside, who they were like, on record as the worst movers in the history of mankind. Yes. The movers we had prior to the, the movers that we had that moved us into our last apartment were fucking awesome, like just hulk, hulked up beasts. Yeah. And they took our dressers. With the drawers still in and full of clothes. Oh, wow. And move them down from a third floor apartment and then into a truck and then up into a second floor apartment. Oh, with wow. No problems. Yeah. I, I wish I would have kept, would have known, <laughs> would have rehired them. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, uh, you know, with like, you know, your pillows from your bed, your, your, uh, your comforter, ra- random things. Uh, you know, I went through the closet and, you know, poked the ho- hole in the trash bag so that, you know, the clothes are contained within the, uh, the trash bag, but you could still hang them up on a hanger. Right. A lot of trash bags are typically used in moving. So yes, yes. I, I would agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah. I've in, in always found it to be asterisks. a great way. And you know what? Uh, you might even want to use hefty bags, which of course are the official trash bag of the WWE. And I don't just mean that because of the news this week. I mean that because there are literally ads on WWE programming right now for hefty trash bags starring Drew McIntyre and, and Sasha Banks. I'm not. What? I thought John up. Cena had hefty. John Cena had hefty, but also there are ads going on right now with Drew McIntyre and Sasha Banks. But if those same bags are used to return gear to an employee, a fi- th- recently released employee, yeah, things break 
real bad. Real, real bad. As Mickey James took to the internet this week and shared that she was sent a black garbage bag in a box. It was, hey, at least they boxed it. They didn't just throw a, a label a shipping on it. Label on a bag. Try to get yeah. it through a UPS or whatever. Uh, they, they put it in a box. They shipped it to her. It's got a nice piece of like a uh, blue electrical tape on it. It says Mickey. Yep. Um, <laughs> and people just came out of the woodwork, whether it was fans <clears throat> complaining, whether it was past talent as recently let go as 10 years ago, yep. uh, saying that this has been done in the past. Uh, apparently, uh, Zack Ryder had his gear sent to him that way. And it, it turned into a whole to-do. Uh, heads rolled over this. But I just have to say, I don't really understand it. <laughs> it's <clears throat> okay. You, you're looking at it practically. I am. I am. And maybe practically, that's the it makes sense. If somebody has a drawer in one of the moving road cases full of, you know, wrist tape, uh, makeup, you know, uh, gauze, band-aids, earbuds, you know, baby powder, uh, lotion, uh, Condoms, energy bars. shields, a few disposable enemas and some illegal fireworks. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Practically, yes, dumping said drawer into a uh, trash bag uh, makes sense. And it's easier to just uh, accumulate everything and and to get it to somebody uh, in one fell swoop. It's the the uh what what's the the not the op the metrics or not the uh, the optics the optics, optics yes. is the word I was looking for. that's that's what the issue comes in because what it looks like, despite it being a practical solution, is it looks like, I mean, obviously a trash bag, you know, it's a little on the nose. Uh, somebody Fair. who's just released. It's like, oh, here's, here's the trashes, you know, the rest of their belongings that belongs with this trash that we just released. So there's yes. that. And, <clears throat> you know, just sending somebody a trash bag full of gear uh, and, and, and assorted sundries as opposed to, you know, just even a box. Just get a flat rate box from the fucking post office, dump everything in there, <laughs> and it looks a hell of a lot better than everything being in a trash bag. It's just it's it's all about the optics here. And it it like I said, I agree with you. Practically makes a lot of sense. I yeah. get it. But yeah. when you're a billion dollar corporation <laughs> Who just released uh, another round of people when they're the same week they're touting their highest quarters of uh, of monetary gain in history and their net worth has never been higher and they've never had this much uh, floating cash or cash at their disposal. I don't know the, the, all the financial terms, yeah. but it just looks like they don't care. It, it does look bad. It looks like they're a shitty corporation. It, it does. Kind of, yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've definitely kind of hit the nail on the head on that one in the past. Yeah. I, I will just say I was amazed. Like I saw it and I'm like, ah, that kind of sucks. But the, here's the other half of it that I was kind of surprised by. Given the nature of uh, the WWE archives, given the nature of the fact that they now have their own show about getting pieces back. Right. To put into the <laughs> WWE archives. I'm amazed people are sent their gear back. I mean, maybe it makes sense if it's, you know, you, you know, uh, oh, look, it's your random. Basically, you're getting your your desk drawers cleaned out right. for you. 
But I'm just like that. That is surprising that they even get to keep the gear and everything in the first place, especially for a company that focuses on uh, the the um, not just monetization of it because they do auctions of people's gear and and things like that, but also the the long term storage and display of these sort of things. it, It was very surprising to me that this was even something that happened. Well, I think a lot of times uh, performers pay for their own gear. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So, uh, so I, and I'm, I, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but just from stories that I've heard from performers on podcasts and in tweets and stuff like that, a lot of times they do pay for their own gear. So it is their property and they are entitled to have that back. Sure. It, it's their, you know, had somebody called them and say, Hey, do you want this back? Or, you know, B, we could keep it. And once we build a, an actual, physical hall of fame uh we can put it on display there would that be okay with you that you know if that person would if Mick, uh, mickey james would agree to that that's that's fine but if mickey james paid for that gear with her own money yeah uh, sure it was a tax write-off but you know still if she paid for it for with her own money it's her property if the wwe supplied her with that gear then then yeah i'm, I'm with you on that and they had every right to not return it to them um but I, I feel like a lot of it was just random like i said wrist tape and, and and random stuff like that uh that that was you know i don't know if mickey went through the bag on one of her videos or something but you know that's that's kind of where i stand on that yeah i i, I just thought it was uh just very very weird and also weird was uh, the the timing of another bit of internet controversy this week as no sooner does the internet start losing their shit about Mickey James and her bag and people start getting fired than Charlotte Flair hops on the Twitter machine and does what seems to be WWE talent's new favorite hobby on Twitter, uh, takes... Dave Meltzer to task. Dave Meltzer, of course, the most notable pro wrestling journalist. Sure. It's pretty much him and Bix, which, I mean, says says a lot who's about. The, who's the PW Torch guy? Wade Keller? Oh, oh, you know what? That's a fair point. We got Wade Keller. We got Bix. We got Dave yeah. Meltzer. Alvarez is more just a radio guy than anything else at this right. point. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really break any news. He doesn't really write anything long form. And yes, there's Ryan Satin, but. No, he doesn't count. Yeah, he doesn't count. Uh, and. Look, I, I admit that's not the greatest list of human beings in the world, but that's what we've got. Charlotte decides to just start teed off on Dave, which, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was intentional to do it at that time, but I don't think it wasn't intentional to do it at that time. Right. So here's what happened. Charlotte was going after Dave Meltzer for a comment he made on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, the issue, uh, the episode rather that dropped on Tuesday morning, uh, she on Raw this week attacked a referee after uh, the main event where she got disqualified, mm-hmm. um, uh, because uh, there was a, a hold to do with Rhea Ripley and 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 all of that. Anyway, Charlotte attacks the ref. Charlotte is quote unquote being fined one hundred thousand dollars. And it's indefinitely suspended. And on the show, basically, they're just doing a thing where uh, Brian Alvarez was throwing out names 
and Dave Meltzer was talking about the news. So Alvarez says, Charlotte, and I am going to read this verbatim, and I want you to tell me what you think of this comment. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I, I just want to say Dave Meltzer is the most uh, word salad, uh, word salad human being. Yeah. Uh, so she's the, the, the suspension is a cover reason because she's uh, having uh, dental work done. So she's just having a complete makeover, you know, and that's basically what happened. It's one of those things um, with, you know, they make you real subconscious. I think you meant self-conscious about yeah. your looks when you're a woman in wrestling. And it's just one of the negatives of, of it, but it's reality of it. And so um, that's uh, that, that's why she's going to be out. That's why she was suspended. Okay. So dental work, the dental work. Okay. But then he goes on to say complete makeover. Now, does that, that infers at least the way I interpret it, plastic surgery? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say, as an observer who says, uh, pardon the pun, as an observer who says, hey, whatever makes you feel better about yourself, go ahead and do it. Look at Charlotte in NXT. Mm -hmm. Look at Charlotte in the year of our Lord 2021. Oh, yeah. She's almost unrecognizable. Exactly. And she came back from, you know, whatever what she was filming the walking tall pilot or whatever. Uh, whatever made her Miss Mania. She came back. She looked even different then. Mm-hmm. She clearly has had a lot of work done. And I think what in the word salad of Dave Meltzer, what he was trying to say was. It's because of the nature of WWE. It doesn't take a lot from one or rather for one to look at the contents of Monday's Raw where Rhea Ripley cut a promo on Charlotte and said that Charlotte was old Mm. and the past. And Rhea's like, I'm, you know, the, the person running Raw now. I'm the new one. They even in the writing of the show, right, add to what is, I imagine, a high pressure environment for your physicality and looks as is. She's only 35. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, granted, Rhea Ripley's 24. Yes. So there's an 11 year gap. I get that. Sure. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, being old and, you know, to tie it into the previous story probably one of the reasons why Mickey James was released is because she's is because 40. she's yeah a decade older than Charlotte. Yes. So, you know, that's, uh, there is some validity to what Dave is claiming there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's really up for debate. Yes. But I, I think it is a scenario where, and uh, look, one should not, Probably not comment on one's looks. Like you could have left it as, well, she's getting dental work done and this is writing her out. Dave doesn't think about these things. He's gotten yes. into trouble on over this right. in the past. I believe it was what? Peyton Royce? It was Peyton uh, Royce. And even yeah. then, if you sort of take in the full context of what he's saying, what he's trying to say is these things are happening because people in the, in, in the industry, people in the company are pressuring them whether obviously or or through other means right reminding them 
you're not built the way we would want you to be built. You don't look the way we would want you to look. Right. And in turn, you know, it got blown up in this whole public thing. Even Andrade was posting shit last night about it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And all I can just think is like, is this, or was this a situation to try to change the conversation? Away from Trashgate. Yes. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm sure Charlotte, you know, if she was given a transcript of that, what you what you read, I doubt she listens on the reg. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody had to tell her about that. I'm sure she would have been like, ah, this fucking guy, whatever, yeah. and not responded to it. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I would I, I would believe I would not be surprised if this you know, wasn't some sort of, uh, you know, Johnny Ace or or somebody's or even Triple H saying, hey, you know, trying to change the narrative here. Give them something yeah. else, something to talk about. And Dave, you know, for all of his journalistic integrity, I, I, I would say is, mm-hmm. you know, he's the number one scapegoat because right. he reports on. The behind the scenes, the secrets, the the news, the stuff he has is he has his moles where he gets his information. And a lot of times people don't want that and information even out. said that he has her number. So, so she Charlotte just outed and, herself yeah. out as a as the source. Ah, which, so there you go. Yeah. Which I'm just like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. I mean, I, I've it, as someone who reads The Observer every week, it starts to become very clear who Dave's sources are. Right. Rick Flair, clearly one of them. <laughs> so it, it doesn't take a, a, a lot to infer that, yeah, he could talk to Charlotte about this. But it's just one of those things where a mountain or molehill got many to a mountain. Yeah. And, and it was right after, in my opinion, at least, another molehill got turned into another mountain because, you know, a trash bag is just a, a means of poor, you know, Carrying things from point A to point B. Yes, could they have done it better? But God, it just it, it just was so dumb to me that people were like, ah, oh, like these assholes are so terrible. And it's like Marty. Yeah. This is the pro wrestling Twitter we're talking about here. Yes, that's fair. So what the fuck did you expect? That 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 is a that is a very fair and strong point. <laughs> the the slogan for the IWC is mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's that's what we do. And we're a part of that. Okay. <laughs> yes, there's, yes. there's no, you know, I'll, I'll have a snarky retweet and something, you know, along yeah. the lines of, of all these sorts of things. I mean, still fuck Hulk Hogan. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm oh, forever. I am. Ever. I am staying very strongly in that. Then now me. forever. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the rough house. Then now it. together forever. Yes. Yeah, we're we're going to, we're going to update it to the new slogan is what we're going to do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought that was very ridiculous. Now, in terms of other WWE news this week, because I'm going to be honest with you, Raw and SmackDown, with one exception on SmackDown, they were not really super consequential shows, uh, as is the standard when there's a five-week build to pay-per-view. I said it last week. It's still true this week. It's just autopilot bullshit. I mean, yeah, they continued yeah. the the Dana Brooke and... Um, Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose thing Slip with Nia and uh, Shayna, and it's still dumb, and it's still not worth the time to dig into. Didn't uh, they do the? Uh, they've pinned the tag team champion situation, or or one of those things. Uh, I, I think I saw something about Shayna eats another L because of Nia Jax or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shayna lost a singles match, 
um, to Dana Brooke or Mandy uh, Rose, or one of the even the, as one of those two, that should not be happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Shayna fucking Baszler here. It, oh wait, it, no, it, I'm sorry. It was uh, Naomi and Lana beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler in a non-title match because Nia Jax got distracted and marched off the apron after Mandy and Dana. Okay. And did she slip again? Did they mention? Uh... They they showed the video of the slip, but uh, ah yes, uh, yeah. the old Titan Tron uh, distraction there. Still nice. really dumb. Uh, oh, and T Bar and Mace don't wear their masks anymore. They they took well. Them that's off. step one or uh, step two, really. Step one, I guess, was getting rid of Ali. <laughs> I I I gotta say the thing that I thought that was kind of silly uh, about it is like the whole thing was like Drew went against them in a handicap match. Okay. And Drew made them take their masks off. And at no point in any way was it? <laughs> was it made a thing about like, oh, my God, that's Dio Madden. Oh, my God, that's Donovan Dijak. Right. Oh, sorry, Dijakovic. Uh, right. And it just made me just think like you have these guys who one was on fucking commentary for that show for months. Yeah. The other yeah. one was pushed as an equal to the NXT champion in Keith mm-hmm. Lee. And I mm-hmm. recognize Keith Lee is another guy who we don't get to see anymore or talk about uh, on Raw. But couldn't you have been like, oh, my God, like put over that? No, instead, they just took off their masks in front of a bunch of video screens that looked disinterested and confused. And that's what it was. And they're still called fucking T-Bar and, and uh, oh, Mace. Mace. That's Hopefully still- that'll change this week. You know, step step one, steel underpants. Step two. Step three, profit. Maybe. It's just just real dumb. But the one thing I thought that was interesting this week on SmackDown, they set up a rematch for the uh, Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. It's going to be on SmackDown next week. Okay. And the gimmick of the match is if Daniel Bryan doesn't win, he has to leave SmackDown. Ah. So – Given the news this week that Daniel Bryan, he was doing some press this week, Daniel Bryan talking about how at WrestleMania 37, he just didn't feel it. He felt detached from Mm -hmm. the match. Is this where Daniel Bryan goes full creative all the time? Or is this Daniel Bryan trying to switch things up by going to Raw? What do you think, Chris? I think he goes to NXT. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know. (laughs) Oh, he can hang out with cool Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> wish.com OC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really think he's going to go to NXT. If maybe Balor was still champion, yeah, a Balor Brian, uh, you know, program in NXT would be fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NXT ratings going on opposed on Tuesdays are better than NXT ratings going opposed on Wednesdays. Right. Uh, they've yet to hit a mill, but, um, you know, Brian might be able to push him over a mill if they do a big program. Brian versus Cross, though, doesn't really seem like anything. Yeah, that's... yeah. They they have been weird about not really pushing a, a specific challenger. Uh, there there was a moment uh, on NXT when Kyle O'Reilly he had a one on one match with Cameron Grimes as the main event mm-hmm. of the show. Um, it was built off with a really great promo between Kyle O'Reilly and Cameron Grimes, which I'll be honest was really just Cameron Grimes being goofy and weird and fun. Uh, Kyle uh, did a stare down with Karrion Cross on the way to the ring. So okay. maybe it's Kyle O'Reilly, but again, they haven't done a, a ton to build that up. It just kind of seems like, well, Kyle was in the title picture and. 
Karen Cross is, is the, the title champion, guy. So yeah. what the, the hell? Guy? Let's let's put them together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to circle back in, in, as to what happens with Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't know. I, I think I read that his contract is up at the end end portion of this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can't imagine them not wanting him for SummerSlam mm-hmm. uh, or, or in some way. So maybe this is a way to get him back to Raw for the time being. Um, you know, ah, Lashley versus Brian. Eh, eh, yeah. Yeah. Eh. It doesn't really doesn't really excite me in any way. Shape, maybe. Or form. Uh, but yeah, maybe this is where Brian, you know, spends more time backstage, you know, perhaps coaching sort of thing. Do I, but here's the question to you when this contract is up towards the latter portion of this year, do you think he resigns for a, you know, a Brock Lesnar, uh, sort of deal where he just shows up for a couple dates, works a big match or two, gets a lot of money. Or do you think, do you think this detachment is a symptom of working in WWE or is it a symptom of being an active wrestler? Um, I think it's probably a combination thereof. He's talked a lot about how, um, becoming a father has changed his perception of things. Right. Um, I, I don't think you've read Daniel Bryan's book. I have. I definitely have not. Uh, uh, it ended with kind of a really, really sad story about when his father passed and how he sort of asked himself, is it, is that if everything else in pro wrestling was worth it to not be there when his father died? Uh, and, uh, you know, for a guy who is clearly one of the best wrestlers in the world, mm-hmm. uh, who a guy, a guy who you could argue as one of the best in ring performers of all time. Yeah. Um, it's clear his interest has changed. He has said publicly while doing press, his goal would be to set up a deal with WWE where he works there. He works behind the scenes. He does random matches, but he also has the ability to do random matches elsewhere. Yeah. And that speaks to me doing something internationally. If he could get that deal, I could see him doing it. I could see him enjoying it because he's definitely a guy who, even when he was on the indies, this was a guy who, while here's a guy, uh, this was a guy who, when he was ring of honor champion, he would still spend most of his summer in the UK because he liked working um, these vacation shows. Have you ever heard about this concept, Chris? Vacation shows? No. Yeah. So in England, um, in the summer, it, basically the English equivalent of Ocean City here in Maryland. Okay. And, and I'm I'm sure uh, our our UK listener listeners, all <laughs> handful of them, can can share more about this. Um, but it, the idea is in these, uh, you know. Oceanside or waterside towns, because there are people coming all summer long, they run outdoor pro wrestling shows every day. Huh. And it's a it's where like a guy like Colt Cabana learned so much about the British style. Uh Daniel Bryan, when he was Brian Danielson, sure. he worked, you know, full summers there. And it was just this idea of it's pure face versus heel, it's this free entertainment thing. You make a decent enough wage to do it, but it's just like this pure form of pro wrestling. But he was a guy who would do that while also being Ring of Honor champion, while also working random stuff with the New Japan Juniors division. Right. Like, 
he he was definitely a guy who enjoyed playing all styles. So I would think maybe if he can get that type of deal, it'll make him happy. And his his burnout and his disconnect maybe because what else is there left for him to do in WWE? Nothing. He's done everything. Yeah. Like, you know, even I could sit there and say, well, as great as I thought Edge, Roman, and, and Daniel Bryan was as a three-way, like, it's not necessarily, well, I don't think it's a match that's ever happened. It's not necessarily the most innovative and unique use of those three guys. It's just sort of like, oh, here's three top guys. Let's just throw them together. Sure. So I, I, I can understand it. I would love to see him get that opportunity to scratch some different itches. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Okay. All right. That's Fair enough. Gut. That's my gut. But but we'll see. We'll see. Um, in other professional wrestling news this week, and I downloaded a sound effect just for this, it came out that MLW, who already has distribution deals with DAZN, uh, which is the uh, sports streamer that mostly shows mm-hmm. boxing. They're part of BN Sports, which is where MLW Fusion airs every week. They signed a deal with Vice TV. So starting May 1st, MLW will be on Vice, basically making Vice the wrestling network, considering they've built around Dark Side of the Ring and now MLW. Apparently, MLW is chatting with Discovery Plus, but most importantly... Oh, it just moved. They are going to, or at least are trying to, expand out their... Azteca Underground Rebirth of Lucha Underground into its own show. Yes, fucking please. If you want to get me to buy another streamer, uh, what is it? Uh, Discovery Plus is like yeah. what? Eight bucks a month or something like that? Six bucks a month. Six. I can deal with six bucks a month. Yeah. Um, I think you're okay. paying that for Lucha Underground episodes on iTunes. <laughs> well, I, I own the... I own seasons two through four. I never bought season one because I had El Rey at the time. I should probably buy that. Anyway, um, yeah, let's fucking go. Uh, Now, you know, obviously a rebirth of Lucha Underground is very exciting for me. But, you know, thinking about season four was not great. Uh, (laughs) And this is coming from me, Um, the guy who, you know, took two trips to Los Angeles to see this show uh, be taped. Season four lost uh, a lot of steam and uh, goodwill, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit along the way. But to, to relaunch Lucha as Azteca Underground right now, it's a uphill battle. One, you know, you'd have to have some of the same creative guys behind the scenes. And I think the the rumor is that Conan... Um, Conan, mm-hmm. I always, you know, uh, who's dealing with some health issues still. Yes, uh, he had a bad case of COVID uh, as of a couple weeks ago, uh, and also Court Bauer would be the other guy heading this up. I'm not sure if they were to bring in a um, Krista Joseph, uh, who was one of the lead creative guys uh, backstage ma- there. Uh, Mark Van Wagnen, who uh, I wasn't sure if he worked for LRA or if he was a full on lucha guy. Uh, they, would they strikes up some kind of deal with? the Pena family from triple a again yeah, to get some yeah. of their guys in. Would they try to work something out with CMLL this time? Uh, but the, one of the, the best things about Lucha underground was that it was an opportunity for a lot of the, at that time, newer independent guys to get mm-hmm. their first crack at TV. 
Yeah. And the 90% of those guys are now signed somewhere. Right. Uh, whether it be WWE, AEW, or Impact, uh, or Ring of Honor, a lot of those guys have TV uh, opportunities where they're signed. Right. So obviously, you know, there's no Prince Puma, there's no Phoenix, there's no Pentagon. Um, you know, they have a Mil Muertes who is there for MLW. So that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katrina was killed off. So I'm, I'm not really seeing her come back. Plus yeah. Selena De La Renta is kind of in that role exactly. right now. So that's good. Um, you know, maybe they do uh, some kind of work to get uh, a Luis Fernando Gill, aka Dario, aka Antonio Cueto. Um, I-, I would maybe love they do to see a, that. that. Maybe they do a long lost brother of Dario sort of situation because right, they right, had right. Dario, then they had the father Antonio, right. which was great in its own cheesy way, but was nowhere near as good as it was with Dario. Uh, so maybe they they if they bring him back, I feel like that's really a good start. Um, and then you try and find some of these, you know, some of these newer guys or, yeah, you know, some yeah. of the, some of those older indie guys who aren't signed anymore. Like, um, uh, AR Fox, I don't think has a, t- a deal for TV anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who spent some time in Lucha underground, but the majority of these guys are not available. So they really yeah. have a blank slate to try and, and, and resurrect this idea. And, you know, if it is sold to something like uh, Discovery Plus, you know, if there's some kind of budget behind it to try and keep that same sort of vibe and feel mm-hmm. with the, you know, cinematic vignettes and stuff like that along the way, I feel, you know, obviously I will give it a shot one yeah. way or another. Totally. Um, and it, it could be just a total swing and a miss. Uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope they they find a way to do it and it and it ends up being a you know a grand rebirth of this thing that I hold oh so dear to my heart. Um, but you know, to temper expectations, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I mean, we will see how it plays out. I do think, as you were hinting toward, there's the possibility of because of the talent on uh, the the AAA roster right now. I do think that there's a possibility of, you know, an El, El Ijo del Vicano, a mm-hmm. Laredo kid, guys like that who weren't part of Black Taurus, Lucha Underground. Um, I, I think he's AAA. Uh, but, he, yeah, but nevertheless, the guys who weren't part of Lucha Underground proper, but represent what it is. Like, it had there been future seasons of Lucha Underground, these sure. are the guys that would have been in it. I would love to see that. Um I mean, ultimately, we're just speculating at possibilities sure. and maybes here, but uh, I knew definitely considering my co-host on this show and his interests, we had to, uh, to to sort of touch base on it. Speaking of things we don't always talk about that feel like we need to touch base on. And now, it's time for the Rock House Podcast, Impact Hey, there's an Impact pay-per-view tonight. Yeah, uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, probably it will have aired and probably we'll have uh, one Kenneth uh, Bocephus Omega holding four title belts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing that's so interesting is, is and that was going to be my ask. The main event of tonight's Rebellion pay-per-view, which will be on Fight TV or on your local pay-per-view. I think it's cheaper on Fight. Hint, hint, hint. Um it's Rich Swan defending the Impact World Championship, which is the Impact Championship and TNA Championship, right. against Kenny Omega, who is the AEW World Champion, and he's also the AAA 
Mega. Mega champion. Yep. Uh, so title for title, winner takes all. Chris? Well, I, not winner takes all. The AAA title isn't up for oh, grabs, well, is it? It's not. Sorry. Okay. It's, it's impact right. in AEW winner takes all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and step onto a ledge here. Come on. It's going to be a time limit draw. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were going to say Rich Swan's going to oh, win no, the no, no. championship. Much love That's... to Rich Swan, Baltimore Zone, <laughs> turning his career around after some downward times. Yeah. But uh, I, the reason why I think it will not be an actual winner is not because Kenny Omega couldn't be Impact Champion. I think he could. I think Kenny Omega being AEW Champion the same time as Impact Champion complicates things. Well, yeah, because, you know, you'd have to have Kenny be the impact champion as long as he's the AEW champion. Exactly. And if they're if they're uh, leaning towards a longer reign for Kenny Omega, then that ties up the impact title scene as well for a guy who uh, hasn't been there every week. And rightfully, he's not signed to the company. So why would he be there every week? Yeah. So, you know, you would you would lose your title, your main titles, I guess, since yes. they're doing the two belt things right now. Just like fucking everybody else was doing for a hot spell there. (laughs) But um, but yeah, it it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for that to happen. I mean, kayfabe wise, sure. Kenny Omega should beat Rich Swan in any kind of match. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any kind of stipulation uh, rules wise to this match that, you know, no, no, none has been announced. It will be called by Mara Ranallo. Uh, which means look for all of the pop culture references. Uh, I'm uh, sure he's going to throw out a reference to the UFC leg break uh, because yeah. dude. Just oh, on top of no, it. no, 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 no. Ew, yeah, ew, yeah. ew, As, ew, no. If you follow ew. me on Twitter, you can tell I, I checked that first thing this morning. I saw Ugh. I saw my timeline yelling about it and went, I got to see that myself. Ugh. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, I saw it once and somewhere it's still Sid Vicious smiled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's a. a much like impact pay-per-views and impact in general, it's a mixed bag of a show. Um, you got, uh, impact world tag team title matches, Finn juice, David Finley and juice Robinson of new Japan pro wrestling defend against the good brothers, doc gallows and Carl Anderson. I assume the good brothers went him back. Deanna Perazzo defending the impact knockouts championship against Tennille Dashwood. Uh, oh, Tennille's back. Yeah, she's back. Uh, Ace Austin defending the X Division Championship against Josh, Josh Alexander and TJP in a three-way. I'd be infinitely more interested if that was Ace Austin versus Josh Alexander. <laughs> uh, you got a one-on-one match between the Toy Boys, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Uh, you got a last-man-standing match with Trey Miguel against Sammy Callahan. You have okay. a random ass eight man tag team match. Chris Sabin, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack against the Violent by Design group of Eric Young, Cody Diener, Joe Doreen, and Rhino. I thought Eric Young was injured. He is. He's working through it. Okay. And uh, for the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship, it's going to be Fion Flavor of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles defending against the team of Jordan Grace and, interestingly enough, Rachel Ellering. Yeah, I saw her make her uh, debut the other day coming to the save of uh, our girl Jordan Grace. Yes. If I say our, our girl, I mean we have no relation or any relationship no, with her, no, sadly. No connection whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I'd like there to be one yes. between private yes. parts, but hey, hey. you know. Um, well, Chris, what do we just say about talking about others' bodies? Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on. 
I I I have a thing for Jordan Grace. This has been well documented here. Good point. And to bring it all together, let's talk about this past week's AEW Dynamite. It was live. Uh, I'm sorry, it was what? Live. I see. Uh, on <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. On TNT. Uh, next week is the, the taped show, uh, which will be our go-home show to the Blood and Guts show on May 5th, mm. uh, which sounds like it's going to be one match. Uh, I, have, I have mixed thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, I appreciate on one hand, the time, but two hours? Mm. Yeah. Two hours for one match. Granted, it's a, you know, what, 10-man match yeah yeah it's a 10-man match and it doesn't even really get started until all 10 men are all 10 men are in the ring rings uh, <laughs> but yeah i i you know it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting um beca- because you know the first part of the match doesn't matter <laughs> yeah yeah it's a match you know, beyond that matters. right which they can't even use anymore because i think wwe even trademarked that yes yeah. So, you know, I guess the first part of the match is blood. And then, the, and then the, after that, it's the guts. It's the guts part of the match. These are the grapes. And this is the wrath. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nelson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a an experiment. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it pays off. And I'm sure, you know, the last 15 to 20 of the of the show and match is going to be great oh undoubtedly Uh, but it's it's a long walk to get there you're going to have to have some patience and you know it's a two-hour main dynamite where you don't have a kenny omega cody rhodes uh death triangle orange cassidy any of these other other people you're relying on these 10 guys and granted you know MJF and Jericho and FTR and you know a lot of these guys are draws but to have them hold a rating for a two hour show it's a big ask yes yes no disagreement here I've seen some speculation that it may be a one match show for the live crowd but they may tape other matches that they air like on screen for the live crowd and we watch you know on TNT uh, uh-huh. because, you know, when you have the two rings in the cage and everything, you don't want right. to have TV time to set that up. So um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Nevertheless, Dynamite this week kicked off very strong with Hangman Page going one-on-one with Ricky Starks, both undefeated in the year 2021. The yep. O has got to go. Uh, and it was a damn fine match. A little short for what I would have wanted. I feel like they could have had a much longer match. Yeah. But, uh, Hangman Page goes over with a unique finisher. Uh, it was a submission hold that looked like a bulldog choke mixed with uh, an ankle hold. It was definitely different. Hasn't Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, done something like that in I, the I past? Think, I think he's done something like that in the past. I'm sure there's got to be a name for this that I just don't sure. know because I don't follow grappling enough. Uh, right. But I, I thought it was very good and it played into the story of Ricky possibly legitimately fucking up his ankle. Yeah, match. maybe that's the reason why it didn't go 
as long as we would have hoped. Maybe they had to yeah. trim time off because of a, of a shoot injury there. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Paige picks up the W after the match. Um, Hook comes in and clips the uh, the knee mm-hmm. of Paige. And then we get a little beatdown uh, there from Team Taz until a Dark Order comes out for the save. Yes, yes. Very, very fun match. Very fun angle. One thing I want to point out also is Rookie Starks pretty much choosing to die for our sins on a German suplex. Uh, I'm not sure when he went, I am your Lord Jehovah and I will land directly on my head. But uh, thank you, Ricky Starks, for doing that for my television. I very And no selling it, it too. Yes. Uh, then we had a match that, man, I wanted to love a lot more than I did because the finish took the wind out of my sails. It was Penta versus Trent. Alex Abrahantes is now full-on Penta's hype man with the dumbest pants I've ever seen on a human being. Penta now has his own solo entrance music, which kind of rules, and his own pyro, which definitely rules. Uh, I thought this match was awesome, and then the finish happened, which was real dumb. Uh, Basically, what happened was uh, Abrahantes grabbed a mic, distracting Trent, telling him that uh, Penta said that Trent sucks, his friend sucks, and his mama sucks. Yeah, you don't talk about Sue. Yeah, you don't talk about Sue. Trent grabs a chair, goes after Alex Abrahantes, looks like OC, and uh, Trent had him trapped in the middle of the ring. Penta hits a super kick on Orange Cassidy, then Abrahantes hits uh, uh, Trent in the head with a microphone. Penta hits the package pile driver and wins. Yeah, I, I do love the sound effect of the mic thumping against the head. Yes. That is that is solid, but this was a very WWE finish. Yeah, did not love the finish at all. And yeah. um, again, Alex Abrahantes is very good in the translator role. I don't need him as a fucking manager. I really don't. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. And those and pants it, were real dumb. Well, that's the point. Uh, he probably bought them off QVC, uh, which is where he works. Okay. You know what? I'm actually just going to ask this. Are we going to find out that Alex Abrahantes is a Make-A-Wish kid? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I don't. Look. I... He really lucked into this situation. <laughs> yeah, he did. How did this, I mean. failing upward. He's, he, he, he does. Did he do uh, Mexico? Oh, the Spanish commentary. Spanish commentary. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the Mexican King was stuck in my head from the Penta yeah, theme. Yeah, no, um, no worries. And then he kind of, he was, sh- he seemed to be showcased a lot on BTE. And that's kind of where he, yeah. uh, I guess, got noticed by the, uh, by, I guess, the creative staff, by the, the VEP, VPs, uh, EVPs is what I was going for yeah. there. And they were like, hey, maybe we can give this guy something on, on, on screen. Um, what I don't necessarily care about it is, I mean, Pence is still a part of Death Triangle. Yeah. So to to have this going on concurrently is I don't know. Is, is he going to come? Is Alex Abrahante going to come out with Death Triangle now? Yeah, I don't or, know. I, I I don't know how it's going to go because Pac can cut a promo for everybody. Right. Yeah. And, and even and Phoenix speaks a lot better English, than uh, maybe fluent than yeah. or you know at least fluent enough to to cut a short promo on TV. Uh, than Penta is. So yeah, I basically what I'm saying is um, when death triangle is not on screen, characters should be asking where's death triangle. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of where my head. Yes. At. Yes. No disagreement here. No disagreement whatsoever. Um, so yeah, mixed bag on that, which was a shame because up until I finished, I was enjoying the hell out of it. 
Trent yeah. is such a good singles guy. I know I've been, uh, you know, a guy who's been like, why isn't Trent TNT champ? Why isn't Orange Cassidy TNT champ? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to continue to be that guy. Um, or not Orange Cassidy, uh, Scorpius guy was who I meant. Sorry. Uh, but I'm going to continue to be that guy. But I mean, OC as well. I'm fine with OC too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just that finish was a little, it was a little too sports entertaining for me. And I, I really, yeah. I really didn't care for it. Um, Pinnacle had a sit down interview with JR. Uh, everyone on the internet loved this. I have a problem. I had a problem with this promo that I had the same problem with, with the inner circle promo later on in the show. It's too winky to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know pro wrestling isn't real. I know insider terms. I'm on a pro wrestling podcast. I use insider <laughs> terms. I shouldn't cause I'm not in the biz brother. Uh, right. I don't need the wrestlers doing it. That said much like, as I will say, uh, coming up in the inner circle uh, coverage, there was one guy who got to cut a promo who doesn't normally cut a promo, and he was damn good at it, and that was Wardlow. God yeah. damn, that dude is going to be the biggest star in the business one of these days soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe sooner rather than later. I don't know, because yeah. he he's uh, the total package. Keeps yeah. getting thrown out a lot, but yeah. he's got it all, man. He's got He's got the size. He's got the looks. He's got the talent. Uh, and you know, now that we're learning, he's got the, the chops on the mic as well. So yeah, yeah, the sky is the limit for Wardlow. Um, I, I, I had a takeaway from this episode of dynamite and, and it it really speaks to the nature of how AEW works and and what they've been doing and the guys who've been elevating and the matches they've been having and, and all of these things. There is a non-zero possibility how right now we're a year into AEW and main events include guys like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara and, and, yeah. and MJF and so on. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. A year from now, the world title scene could be Hangman Page, Ricky Starks, Wardlow. Yeah. And I am hugely there for that. And or Penta. And or Penta. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I mean, th- those are guys that can pull the trigger on at any time. Um, yeah. I, I I I feel like for better for worse they uh, Penta Phoenix and uh Pack are those guys who are and I'm going to use this term and you might cringe a little but I'll explain why they're in the cane spot now where they don't need a world championship yeah they will always be reputable challengers they may not be the champions themselves but they, you can always slot them in that main event. And people go, fuck yeah, that guy. Yeah, but it would be a great disservice to not have them as champions as well. Oh, I, 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 I don't disagree. I'm just saying they're in a spot where they definitely don't need them. Right. And they have the credibility that it could beat them at any time. But yeah, the, the, the pinnacle Fair. promo, to, to circle it back, the pinnacle promo, the Wardlow segment was great. Uh, not having Sean Spears or FTR talk. Chef's kiss. Loved it. <laughs> Uh, I don't mind FTR talking, but all they do is, you know, verbally fillet Tully, uh, yeah, which yeah. gets a little old at times. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, I will give a, a, a tip of the hat to uh, uh, Dax Harwood rocking the Bret Hart socks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but yeah. that's very on brand for him. Yeah. So that that was very nice. But what was super awesome was the match that happened after that promo. It was the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida defending against Ty Conti. Goddamn, Ty Conti is a megastar. Yeah, she's really. F- do you think? Do you think Triple H has any idea? 
I, I would think he has to. I, 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 like that is when you sit down, fucking Tensai, and be like, "Listen here, Albert, you little shit, you fucked up and you fucked up hard." <laughs> That's why you're not getting your your cost of living increase this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's an indictment of the PC, the fact of how good she is. Yes. Uh that they didn't see this in her or or, you know, and it, it, and simultaneously it's a extolling of the virtues of a of a Dustin Rhodes cuz he's kind of the main guy working with the AEW women if I The thing is, he doesn't correctly. work with them full time. It's not like the PC where it's like Yeah, it's just a TV. What? 5 days TV a week. Days. Yeah, just a TV. Every other week for a few hours before the show. Yeah. And goddamn. I mean, just the missed opportunity of not having Dustin be a PC trainer. Yeah. At this point. It's true. Well, you know, it's it's the AEW's benefit for sure. Yes. And the, the, yes. the match the match itself was was really, really good. Sheeta continues to be, you know, one of the, the best all around workers, probably on the roster proper as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, she can go out there with anybody and find a way to, to put on a really good, entertaining, crisp match. And, uh, Conti, you know, really has come into her own is fantastic. Where were a couple, couple moments in there where I thought she may have pulled it out. Yeah. Uh, had it not I, been, I would not you know, have, the the show. I would not have been like, oh, well that's an undeserving, undeserving title shot. I would have bit in and been all in yeah. on it. But, uh, Sheeta, uh, you know, fights out of the, the DDT. Uh, ends up getting the katana and winning, and then post match Britt Baker comes out and shows the updated graphic. Yeah, so it looks like we're getting Britt and Sheeta at double or nothing at the end of May. Hell yeah! I mean, it's been a long time coming uh, for Britt to finally get this. Has this, will this be her first title shot, or has this she will had a be title her shot? first title shot? That's amazing. Yeah. You know, and granted, they you know, there's been the, you know, the Nyla Rose who was always kind of mm-hmm. in that cane position as well, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, Thunder Rosa for the longest time, mm-hmm. but yeah, Britt Brit finally getting her shot. I, I I know a lot has been said about uh, Sheeta wanting to defend the title in front of a, a good amount of fans. Are they are they planning on having? Uh, a, a big crowd for double or nothing. Is it a daily? It's a daily. Uh, place, it's a right? daily's place. I haven't heard anything in terms of what they are anticipating in terms of attendance. Uh, uh-huh. They haven't put tickets on sale yet, but it is worth saying that I believe it was Friday night. It they was, had yeah. a concert at Daly's place that was full capacity. Yeah, like fifty six hundred people or something. Yeah, like and that. it sold out. So right. Well, it is Florida. Yes, so, it is you know. Florida, and UFC last night had a full arena in Florida. So, right. you know, we'll see. I mean, look, people are getting shots in arms, man. So, well, maybe not in Florida. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, but people are getting shots in arms. It's definitely uh, safer than it was, even if COVID numbers themselves are still occurring. COVID deaths are going down, which is a good sign. So, yes, yeah. um, there was a video promo from Miro. And it looks like he's finally getting in the title uh, hunt as he made it clear that it doesn't matter who I fight. The only question is which champion I beat first. So uh, I, I like that. I feel like Darby should be the first yeah. target for him. Yeah. And that hero ch- versus Darby sounds like a money match, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Darby is on the weekly challenger sort of situation right now. Yes. It was uh, confirmed last night that he's giving 10 from uh, the Dark Order. Press advance a shot on this coming Wednesday's Dynamite uh, yeah. after, well, spoiler alert, he beat Jungle Boy this past week, which we'll get to in a minute. And um, Christ, it wasn't two weeks ago. I forgot already. Uh, Matt Hardy. 
Matt Hardy, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Darby being the fighting champ, and I feel like Miro's a good place to to end that. I yep. feel like, you know, it, it would be, you know, he's it looks like he's finally broken off of Kip and uh Penelope. He's gonna do his own solo ass kickery. So I, I feel like we're gonna see him on Dynamite this coming Wednesday because uh we've got uh Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford and, okay. and Kip is supposed to second. Penelope in that match, so I wouldn't be shocked to see Miro run roughshod over everybody. Okay. Um, but I, I agree. It, it, it's time for Miro to to break out and do his thing. Yeah, yeah. No more video game references. Just be a uh, just, just be, be the big kicker. monster, man. Yes. Uh, the Inner Circle had their interview with Tony Schiavone. To my shock of shocks, Tony Schiavone interviewed somebody, and Sting neither Sting nor Team Team Taz popped up to interrupt it. Or Lance um, Archer. Yeah, or Lance Archer. Very true. Uh, this was very much like the sit down that Jr. did. It was about the inner circle talking about the match. Jake Hager made some dumb joke about sucking food through a straw, but there was a guy who cut a great promo and his name was Santana. Hell that yeah. Dude's promo was on point. Dude, the confidence, you know, of, yeah. of being on the mic on, on, on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, I mean, so much he's a dark horse guy now where I'm going like, could he be a single star? Probably, but I mean, I want proud and powerful to get those tag belts too sweet. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's, but... And it's kind of a travesty that they've had like maybe one title match the entire time of, of, yeah, of yeah. Uh, AEW's existence. And the one that they almost won. Yeah. The Bucks a few weeks back. So, right. Yeah. Uh, aside from like a tournament eliminator match, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. pretty much all that all that they've had. Uh, there's probably more money in them together than separate. Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a Hardy situation where you know they they do a good tag team run and then break off and you know do something. Uh, one probably gets a little bit higher heights mm-hmm. than the other. Yes. Maybe maybe isn't. But then again, you know you got Ortiz with his Tiger style and uh, the best, the best, the best situation there too. Mm-hmm. So both guys, tons of upside. You know, really everybody involved. There's eight men in this blood and guts match <laughs> that, <laughs> are, that are top tier talent. Yes. And then you've got Jake Hager and Sean Spears. So, <laughs> yep. you know, yep. Uh, well, yes, Santana cut this great promo. Then Jericho kept going, um, <laughs> which involved a show tune and uh, it, it did nothing Can, for me. Wh- who told Jericho the my jerk off friend thing is something that should stick? Like Jericho's really good at making catchphrases. They didn't have a T-shirt for it by the end of. Who's this gonna week. wear that? T- well, I take that back. There's a lot of people who would wear that T-shirt. Well, look, it's but for wrestling tees. They can just post up whatever shirt they want, and they'll see what happens. Out of context, if I if if I was a non wrestling fan and I saw somebody walking down the street with a shirt that said "My Jerk Off Friend," yeah, I'm assuming that means that it's a pal that we masturbate together. That's <laughs> that's what my jerk off friend sounds like. Not like, you know, unless there was an arrow. I mean, even with an arrow pointed, like, how do you. I, this is my buddy. I, I jerk off with him. Right. Fun. Like, yeah. the, or, I, you know, you know maybe, there, this, maybe there's a, a, a Photoshop file, a, a PSD with a graphic. And they're just like, mm, maybe we don't sell that one. They did. They did choose to sell a really dumb one, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, after the interview, we had um, QT Marshall against Billy Gunn. Uh, here's my notes from the match. I wondered if we had Cheez-Its in the house and we did. They were delicious. I have to tell you, I watched this. I watched dynamite. Most of it after I finished work on Thursday. Yeah. 
I literally fell asleep during this match. <laughs> like, my eyes got heavy and like I yeah. closed my eyes for a minute and I, I, I opened my eyes again and it was over. And I did not go back and rewind it. Yeah. So uh, I literally. I, I hear I did miss uh, Dustin smashing a wooden chair over Nick Camarado's head. So that, that guy. That makes me sad. Camarado has such a unique look. Yeah. He's like Grizzly Willie Wild. He's yes. like, you know. <laughs> uh, he, I, I like Camarado. I like Camarado. I like a go go. I like Solo. Yeah. Like. I like those guys. About QT Marshall. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about him or seeing Billy Gunn in a match in 2021. It's true. I will so, co-sign that. So in turn, I went to see what food we had in the pantry. And did you have Cheez-Its? I'm sorry. Did you mention yeah, that? Yeah. We, turns out we had Cheez-Its. They were delicious. Just regular Cheez-Its? They have like a Cheez-Its, Cheez-Its like a uh, uh, Chex Mix type uh, thing. They've got a bunch there. of different Cheez-Its. I just do the OGs. OG Cheez-Its? Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's been a while since I had them at, in my house. So I was I was pretty stoked to have them. Okay. Um, the elite did a promo from the personal trailer. Serious NWO vibes from this. Oh not, yeah. Not yeah. just in how it was shot, but also in the angle that that uh, followed. Um, which, yeah. Well, luckily Mox was smart enough to use a steel pipe and not his fist to bust the window. <laughs> yes. Yes. Clearly the point, but uh, the the promo got interrupted by honking outside the trailer. It was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston who now have their own team shirt, which means oh they do breaking up soon. Yeah, they they have one. Um, <laughs> Moxley uh, floors the pickup truck into the trailer, uh, and then they go to, into the trailer to try to beat up the elite. The elite ran out while that was happening. John Moxley called them bitch AF, and you can now buy the official John Moxley bitch AF t-shirt on Pro uh, Wrestling Tees. Ugh. Come on, guys. Yeah. Really bad. Not every ad lib has to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. Still not the okay. worst one. The worst one is still the... Cody Daddy Eats First shirt. That is an all-time cringer right there. Well, I mean, Cody, not known for his subtlety. In, uh, yeah, or, or subtlety. Yeah. Should I point out the Nightmare Express bus? <laughs> Thanks, Brandy, for that nightmare fuel. Um, yeah, I can't believe that's a real thing. Yeah. Well, that's well I see, I take it back. I do yeah. believe it's a real thing. I do hope to see it in front of the Baltimore Arena sometime. Let's call it the fall. Let's make this happen, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. boy has been at a pro wrestling show in a year and a half. He really wants to go. Go for um, a year. Christian Cage had a one-on-one match with Powerhouse Hobbs. Damn fine match for Hobbs. Really yep. made him look super strong. Yep. Um, I'm still not seeing Cage outworking anyone, so... <laughs> he's, not that was a bad match by any means. he's getting his heat man he's he's taking his lumps pretty much in every match he's just kind of getting his ass kicked and then squeaks it out at the end yeah so next week on dynamite we've covered some of it we've got penta versus orange cassidy chris statlander versus penelope ford AEW world tag team title match young bucks again or sorry world tag team championship eliminator match young bucks against the side owls if the side owls win they get a future title shot Six-man tag of the Nightmare family of Dustin, Billy Gunn, and Lee Johnson against QT Marshall, Nick Camarado, and Aaron Solo of the Factory. We have the Inner Circle and Pinnacle Parlay, whatever, and the awesome-sounding Hangman Page versus Brian Cage match, plus the aforementioned just-added TNT title match. Um, But the main event was Darby Allin against Jungle Boy. It was a really, really good match. Jungle Boy... I really thought they should have pulled the trigger on him here, but I enjoyed the fact that Darby had to scrap and legitimately, you know, do some heel tactics, scrape the eyes of uh, Darby Allen 
or sorry, Darby Allen had to script the eyes of Jungle Boy to uh, to get out of the uh, the snare trap. You all right, bud? Yeah, I hear Xavier scratching at something, but I don't see. Oh, him. okay. All right. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed the match as well. It's it's interesting seeing um, Jungle Boy be the big man in a match. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm torn because I, I, on one hand, I agree with you saying that they should have pulled the trigger on Jungle Boy at this time, but also, you know. Darby is having a really fun run with this mm-hmm. title, and I look forward to seeing it continue for at least until they get to Miro destroying him in a match. Yes. Um, but also, you know, on the other other hand, I feel like the TNT title is the one that should only have like a two month reign at a time for somebody. Yeah. You know, on on average, it, some it, it longer, should some move shorter, more than the world championship. Yes. Agreed. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the same thing we say after every time Jurassic Express or Jungle Boy loses, a, uh, a, you know, a marquee match. When when Lord, when's going to be their time? Yeah. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Agreed. But, you know, you had a fun interaction between uh well kind of fun a little sloppy at time but between luchasaurus and sting mm-hmm. uh because what luchasaurus... a surreal thing to see <laughs> right yeah yeah uh the guy who was you know let go from wwe developmental tussling with uh the icon yeah um and also i i thought about this when this was happening he was the icon sting first in wwe or was he the icon in tna first uh he was in, he was the icon in tna first he might have been the icon also in late era WCW. Okay. I wasn't sure when that originated and if anybody owned the trademark to the icon sting because it's been used so often. Um, but yeah, the, the, the match was really good. And then, Oh God, there was just this big scrum at the end. Yeah. Uh, Mostly built around Scorpio sky and, uh, Ethan page and Ethan page down Darby. So it looks like we're going to get the, them individually or as a duo, uh, torturing Darby. Um, yeah. you know, I called it when Paige came in, there's a history between Paige and Darby. Right. Wouldn't be shocked to see that be a feud. And, uh, hopefully we will see those guys in a one-on-one match real soon. Yeah. Yeah. Overall solid, uh, solid dynamite. Um, I'm just, uh, looking forward to, we're, we're almost there for next week, but yeah. I feel like the, the real money in the match, uh, for a main event of dynamite is cage, cage, page or cage, page, cage. Cause you got Brian cage, Christian cage and Adam page. Uh, and then, you Ethan know, page, you, you do the pages versus the cages. Yeah. The page. Yes. There you go. The pages. Yeah. There's so many pages and cages. You, you, you know, you, you dice them up, you throw them in the ring, you yeah. sprinkle some sage on there and then you got and, a, a nice little parfait. And then who did they sign? They signed page from WWE. They brought her in here and oops, Brian cage just power bombed her and she's completely paralyzed. Aww. Who's the special referee? Who's the special ref? Diamond Dallas page. Hey now! The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay.
Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. This is Vince McMahon from the WWE. I've got WCW in the palm of my hands. ECW's entire collection is mine, and the storied history of the greatest professional wrestling organization, run and created by a man with the biggest grapefruits on the planet, the WWE, Vince McMahon's brainchild, all available to you on the WWE Network. But my appetite for content is insatiable. That's why I turn to lesser-known organizations, Wrestling Society X. I can't even bring myself to say TINA. I refuse to say TNA. I won't do it. As well as EMLLL, which is a Mexican wrestling organization. Ugh! I only like them when they trim my edges and not wrestle. But I have one jewel in my crown where the socket remains empty. And I turn to you with a $59.99 reward for whoever can help. That's a half a year of the network. I'm looking for a descendant of Teddy Spry. The owner, announcer, and creator of the 37th ranked Southern Gentleman of Wrestling Organization. I want every last beta tape, VHS, 8mm reel that I can find, the last coal rubbing, flip book, laser disc. I want SGW content. I want to mine it for shit that I can reheat and force on you like complete crap. You think you hate John Cena now? Wait till you hate him when he's feuding with the 2014 version of Cool Beans Cecil Green. You think Brock Lesnar's destruction of John Cena was horrible? Wait till you see his New Year's destruction of the Bumblebee Sting Phillips as played by a very reluctant Rey Mysterio. I need it and I need it now. I offer you $39.99 as a reward. It was $20 more a moment ago, but I'm gonna change your mind. Help me find the descendants of Teddy Spry so I can look at him in the eyes and say, kiss my ass. And I want your taste.